Hello, everybody, and welcome to Community Group Week. Uh, if you've been a part of a group for a while, then this is not a new drill. If you are watching for the very first time, then hopefully you are watching with a handful of people. If not, uh, maybe pause and find some folks that uh, you could watch with and discuss because the real goal of these weeks is not just to listen to content, it's about having the chance to really journey with other people, to get to listen to other people, to get to voice your questions and just talk about how you're doing really. Uh, so we want to start off by sharing what's been going on in your life. And so the questions are, uh, what is it that you are thankful for? Uh, what is it that has gone on over the last couple days, last couple hours, last couple weeks that you were just feeling grateful and thankful for? Uh, share that with other people. Uh, and then on the other hand, uh, what is it that has been a challenge? Uh, what has you stressed out right now? Uh, don't carry that burden alone, share it with other people. Uh, and if you hear a struggle that is going on, maybe pray for that person, uh, maybe take some time to even meet that need if there's a need that you can meet. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we talked uh, two weeks ago when we got together with our groups about the idea of fasting. And some of you have thought about something that you need to take a break from. Uh, maybe you've already taken a break from it. Uh, we talked about the idea of coming up with Lent here in March, uh, maybe taking a break from something for that 40 days of Lent. So if you have decided something that you think you might need to take a break from so that you can better concentrate on God and so that you can better teach yourself how to say no to things, uh, then go ahead and share that with the group as well. So uh, pause me and take some time to discuss with the folks that you're with. All right, so uh, I'm excited for what you guys are going to discuss today. And this is such a great uh, week to be together to discuss with other people. Uh, today we're going to be looking at Matthew 6, 19 through 24, and we're going to be talking about money. Uh, about, I don't know, six, seven months ago, uh, a guy, uh, Paul Alberti, who's a uh, part of our church, and they uh, moved way down to the Carolinas, and we missed them so much. Uh, but he gave me this uh, great book about the Sermon on the Mount that we've been going through, and it's called What If Jesus Was Serious? A uh, great book. I recommend it. Just a short little book. And that's one of the big questions that we regularly ask as we go through this sermon, because the things that Jesus tells us to do, and especially the things that Jesus is going to tell us to do today as it relates to money and the way we view money and the way we spend money, is just so revolutionary. It's so countercultural. It's so un-American in so many ways. And just we wonder, like, was Jesus actually serious about this? Like, is these things that Jesus is telling us, are they just like good advice that we can decide if we want to follow or not? Or are these things that we should actually put into practice, even if it is difficult, even if it just feels so out of the flow with how we see everyone else living their lives? Like, can we really trust that the way that Jesus tells us to live is actually the best way to live, that he's telling these things because he loves us, because he thinks that his dream of how to live humanity is actually a better dream than the American dream. Uh, and so 
To get you guys kicked off as you're gonna discuss today, uh, I wanna share a video with you. Uh, and then after the video, uh, you're gonna, and I know you're already watching the video, but a different video, uh, a, a video. And then afterwards, I want you to discuss these questions, these are the same discussions uh, we look at every single week. But you're gonna read the verse, have someone read Matthew 6, 19 through 24, uh, and then talk about what, what does that mean in kind of today's speak, someone paraphrase that, and then ask yourselves these questions. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about people? And then what would it look like if you really took that teaching seriously? If this teaching actually made its way into how you spend your money over the next few days, weeks, years, as you plan your money out. Uh, now this clip I'm gonna show you is a, a old clip. It's from uh, one of my favorite uh, speakers. His name is Tony Campolo. It's from like the early 80s. You're gonna immediately see that. But one of the things I think is asking that question of, was Jesus really serious? One of the things that gets at least my mind going on this stuff is every once in a while you'll hear of people, you'll see people, and Tony Campolo is one of those people, uh, Shane Claiborne is one of those people, Mother Teresa is one of those people, Martin Luther King is one of those people. You see these people who like are actually living this stuff out and they just, the way in which they live seems so radical and amazing and like we wonder like, are those people just like the, the weird anomalies or is that how we should actually live? And Campolo is gonna, this is a clip from a sermon that he did uh, years ago and I love it and it's so challenging to me every single time I watch it and it, it's going to stir all kinds of emotions in you and just get you going on how serious is this? Uh, quick, Amanda, this is, I show you this because this is a tension that I live in and I invite you to discuss and live in this tension of how should we actually live. And I say this as someone who lives in a house that I like, who has two cars, who I, I, I spend money on things that have luxury in them. And I, and I there's, there's tension in there. And I think as Jesus followers, we should, we should deal with that tension. We should wrestle with that tension. This should be something that we're regularly working with the Holy Spirit and saying, God, how do you actually want me to live my life? So watch this clip and then discuss, and let's just live in this tension of what it would look like for us to really follow Jesus and maybe in a way more radical way than we've ever thought before. So check out this video and then we'll talk to you soon. Bye. We have in fact done something terrible. God created us in his image, but we have decided to return the favor. And we have created a God who is in our image. And I am here to say that you've got a decision to make tonight. The decision is which God, which Jesus do you choose to follow? Do you choose to follow the Jesus described in the Bible? The Jesus who died on the cross for your sins? The Jesus who is resurrected and here tonight? Or do you choose to look at another Jesus, a Jesus that is created by the culture and that embodies and reflects our values? You say, what's the difference between the two? Well, the differences are pronounced. The Jesus of the Bible differs from the Jesus of the scripture in what he asks of you. The biblical Jesus bids you come and give everything that you are and everything that you have to him. 
The biblical Jesus says, quite simply, read my book, read my scriptures, come learn of me, and then in your everyday life, be like me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. To be a follower of the biblical Jesus is to do exactly what the biblical Jesus would do if the biblical Jesus was in your shoes and in your circumstances. Nothing is more controversial than to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Nothing is more dangerous than to live out the will of Jesus in today's contemporary world. It's dangerous. First of all, it will change your whole monetary lifestyle. What you do with your money will change. People say to me, what do you mean? Are you suggesting that if I follow Jesus, I won't be able to go out and buy a BMW? You got it. Now, I don't want to be nasty about this. Because you say, I know a lot of godly people who have BMWs. When they really get godly, they'll repent of their BMWs because BMWs are luxury cars that symbolize conspicuous consumption instead of passionate concern for the sufferings of the world. Let me put it quite simply. If Jesus had 40,000 bucks, here's the question. If Jesus had 40,000 bucks, if he had 40,000 bucks and knew about the kids that were suffering and dying in Haiti, supposing that he had to buy a car, because they don't have donkeys on the highways anymore. Well, they really do, but they're in the cars. Be this as it may. Be this as it may. If Jesus had to buy a car, what kind of car would he buy? You're saying this is stupid. This is irrelevant. No, this is where Christianity needs to be applied. You've got to buy what Jesus would buy. You've got to dress with the kind of clothes that Jesus would dress in. There is no room for conspicuous consumption. This culture has in fact conditioned you to want more and more stuff you don't need so that we have been consumers of God's wealth while the hungry of the world suffer and the hungry of the world die. And I say to you, it's time to repent of our affluence. And I'm not talking about those who are outside in the world. I'm talking about us. Because the Christians have lost a heart for the poor. Dr. Hestinus, my boss, <laughs> said last night you're not a Christian in the full sense of the word until your heart is broken by the things that break the heart of Jesus. At our college, I urge all of our sociology majors to go to the Dominican Republic or Haiti on study tours during the month of January. I want them there. I remember the first time I took a group of students there. We were in a place, a filthy, dirty hall. It was a slum called Guachapita. And in the early morning, the priest of the village invited us to walk with him. There was a flu epidemic. I had never seen anything like it. In this country, when people get the flu, they miss school. But when people are extremely malnourished, they die. And as we wandered through the paths, the mud paths of Guachapita, this slum of shacks and filth and dirt, mothers came out of their shacks that morning, carrying the corpses of the children who had died during the night. And we went to the edge of the town and we dug a ditch, and into the ditch we dropped these dead kids, and we looked across the ditch as the priest prayed his prayer.
And the women screamed as only they can scream in the DR. And I looked across and saw one of my students. He was a basketball player, and he was always macho, but he didn't look macho that day. Tears were streaming down his cheeks. His, his fists were clenched. His chin was trembling. And, and I knew, I knew that his heart had been broken by the things that broke the heart of Jesus. Blessed are they that mourn. You're saying, are you suggesting that you can't be rich and be a Christian at the same time? Hey, I'm not the guy that dreamed up that line that it's harder for rich people to enter into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That's not my line, baby. That's somebody else's. You're saying you're going to insult rich people. I say this, 1 John 3, 17 and 18. Do you have this world's goods? And you can see somebody who is in desperate need and you hold on to what you have while they suffer and die? Here's the question it asks in 1 John 3, 17 and 18. How then can you say you have the love of God in your heart? And that's what I want to ask. Please, please, if this offends you, be offended. Reject Jesus if you must, but you dare not take the biblical Jesus and turn him into something that he is not. He is a Jesus that confronts you tonight and says, are you willing to lay it on the line? For unless a man, unless a woman deny himself, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven.